How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw Audio Experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my latest podcast episode, I update you on the recent quarterly performance at the leading global nutrition company, Glambia, and explain why they're revamping two important performance nutrition brands in their portfolio. But before we get started, I would love if you took 52 seconds out of your day to leave a rating and review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Will looking to the past for inspiration be the answer for two of the important brands within the Glambia Performance Nutrition portfolio? On November 3rd of 2022, Glambia updated the public markets by releasing its 2022 year-to-date quarter three earnings report. I'll utilize that financial information along with the earnings call, some of the notes that I took there, and any publicly disclosed news to obviously update you on the recent performance of Glambia and specifically Glambia Performance Nutrition, but also utilize everything to provide insights about the global sports and active nutrition markets. Just some quick kind of financial mumbo jumbo housekeeping for us Americans. These numbers you'll hear throughout the content will be based on the first nine months, so year to date, not three months. You'll also be hearing numbers in growth percentages and not revenue numbers because Glambia is not an American corporation and has different reporting standards for their specific public markets. Finally, the comparative percentages will be in a constant currency basis, which basically means currency fluctuations of the multinational company is stripped out for ease of comparisons. Okay, enough with those formalities. Let's start with a quick update on the financial data. Wholly owned revenues were up 23.1%. This comprised of pricing being up 20.9% and volume being up 0.8%. Glambia also had an additional positive 1.4% impact from acquisitions. Just as an extra note to think about throughout this, wholly owned in each of the two divisions did have decelerating comparative growth to the first half reports that I kind of talked about in the last content about Glambia. For those that might not be too familiar with Glambia, they are made up of two wholly owned divisions. Let's cover Glambia Nutritionals quickly first because I don't particularly spend too much of my time personally on that division, though it is extremely important to the overall business. Glambia Nutritionals is made up of two subdivisions, the U.S. cheese business and then also the nutritional solutions business. Revenue was up 27.4% year-over-year, coming from 23.5% price increase and then volume increase of 2.2%. This division also benefited from acquisitions and the comparatives of 1.7%. Now, moving on to Glambia Performance Nutrition, which is made up of nutritional supplement brands like Optimum Nutrition and SlimFast. 
among a handful of others. This division had revenue that did increase 13.7% year over year. The brand portfolio continued to have strong pricing power in the market, with it being up 15.4%. But price elasticities from those price increases have caused the year-to-date volume to turn negative at 2.2%. Glamby Performance Nutrition also benefited 0.5% from the acquisition of Level Up, an esports gamer nutrition brand. Let's look at the GPN revenue by region, starting with the Americas that currently makes up more than two-thirds of that divisional revenue. In the first nine months of 2022, the Americas region, at least the branded revenue, grew 14.6% year-over-year. This was driven by mostly price increases, but they also had good volume growth coming from the performance, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle brand portfolios, with the volume decline coming from the SlimFast brand as the expected weakness in the diet category continues. Shifting into the GPN International region, which makes up the remaining just under one-third of the total divisional revenue, in the first nine months of 2022, the international markets, which also includes their international direct-to-consumer business, grew revenue by 14.5% year-over-year. Like the Americas region, GPN had strong pricing power across all products and regions, but volumes continued to struggle, though key markets are expected to show growth in Q4. Now, shifting into the product category breakdown, let's start at the biggest in what Glamby Performance Nutrition has been built around since the very beginning. Performance Nutrition is basically Optum Nutrition. Yes, they still own BSN, and I have some comments about that brand later in this content, but this is really all about Optum Nutrition. Performance Nutrition now makes up about 54% of the total GPN revenue. It had 22.6% year-over-year growth globally, but also was particularly strong in the U.S. market with consumption growth of 32.9%. Optimum Nutrition has benefited from its leading market position, ongoing marketing investment that includes the Proven Campaign, expanded large retail distribution, and focusing on launched innovations across categories like energy, hydration, plant protein, and dairy RTD beverages. The next biggest GPN product category is Healthy Lifestyle, which is made up of brands like Think, Isopure, and Amazing Grass. Healthy Lifestyle makes up about 17% of the total GPN revenue. It's been particularly strong over the last few years, with the first nine months of 2022 showing growth of 26.1% year-over-year and the U.S. market consumption growth of 15.8%. The category strategy across these three brands collectively will focus on driving brand awareness and customer acquisition with new creative campaigns and expansion of distribution in key sales channels. Shifting into the problem child currently of the GPN product categories, this is weight management and has been a drag on the portfolio throughout the entire pandemic era. Weight management, aka SlimFast, is now slightly under 16% of the total GPN's revenue. It has both global growth and U.S. consumption that are in the negative teens. The good news is that GPN was faster to act on revamping the SlimFast brand compared to BSN, As I mentioned last quarter, SlimFast received an extensive, holistic brand overhaul. You likely have seen some of it hit the market already in advance of the 2023 diet season. 
And then the final product category is international direct-to-consumer, which is made up of a retailer and private label body and fit, and then the esports brand Level Up. International direct-to-consumer makes up just under 6% of the total GPN revenue, but its growth has been respectable at 11.3% year-over-year. The category strategy will be to drive penetration in existing and new markets and continue integrating Level Up further into Glambia to fuel its growth. For the kind of last part of this content, I'm going to do what I did last quarter and just kind of share a collection of either like hot takes or things I'm left pondering about Glambia, specifically Glambia Performance Nutrition at this current time. Firstly, the initial major campaign for SlimFast revolves around paying homage to their 80s roots by partnering with the era's fitness icon, Denise Austin. Her daughter and fitness personality, Katie Austin, will join her in an activation that incorporates then and now elements to allow fans to move through the decades with SlimFast. This activation is a continuation of the Same Difference ad campaign that SlimFast released in September that incorporates a bit of humor, a nostalgic look at the brand's classic 80s past, and how it has evolved into the brand that it is today. Now, I definitely like the ideation and early execution of this new SlimFast direction. With the kind of weight loss or weight management category changing rapidly, SlimFast must show that they still have the best targeted platform that includes customizable products and resources to meet consumers where they are today on their weight loss or kind of weight management journeys. Secondly, the sports nutrition brand BSN is also going through a bit of a similar metamorphosis. I got to chat about this with Stuart Dansby, BSN's Athletes and Partnerships Manager, and Jeffrey Howe, Glambia Performance Nutrition's VP of Sales in the Americas region, a few weeks ago at the NACS conference. At the time, I told them I wouldn't mention anything until the news broke, so I guess since I kind of found it on Muscle and Fitness, and they recently kind of wrote about the larger involvement BSN will have in this year's Olympia event, and they also signed a major bodybuilder that it's kind of safe for me to share my thoughts now. When BSN was growing like crazy in the late 2000s and early 2010s, kind of before and initially after Glambia acquired them for $144 million, the sports nutrition brand definitely had this like noticeable edge to it. They own the color red, which symbolizes action, strength, energy, and passion. It was really a great color for the brand at the time. BSN also was one of the few kind of dual threat sports nutrition brands with both a major pre-workout market leader in NO Explode and protein powder in Syntha 6. They also were ahead of the game and maybe too early in both the protein RTD and non-carbonated performance energy drink categories. So what happened to the BSN brand? It's actually hidden in that initial acquisition document from almost a dozen years ago. While Glambia correctly spotted that the sports nutrition category would have a mainstreaming effect, they used the information incorrectly to assume BSN should be everything to everyone. They already owned one of those sports nutrition brands in Optimum Nutrition. While things were good at BSN revenue-wise, at Glambia in those first kind of few years, and they definitely got a strong ROI on that investment many years ago. But the brand has essentially been lost over the last like five to seven years. They took that BSN edge and never really kept sharpening the blade. They instead made it dull. So 
What does that have to do with the recently announced Olympia kind of sponsorship and really going back into major bodybuilding sponsorship? Well, Glambia is attempting to bring back an edge to BSN like they did when they sponsored one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time, Ronnie Coleman, and had a huge involvement in the UFC. Now, will this work? I don't know enough about the transformation plan to accurately judge that yet, but I'll just say that the probabilities are low, especially if they are defining success as not only the influence BSN had in the late 2000s, early 2010s, but also that era's revenue generation. And then thirdly, GPN reported volume growth in Q1, but that changed in Q2 and continued to kind of slide in Q3. They've instituted three extensive kind of large pricing increases over the last 15 months. You can argue that the race to the bottom that has happened in most of the 2010s within the categories needed to be reset, and then 2021 and 2022 was that force that pushed pricing back to a more advantageous place for brands. Now, not every supplement brand has the pricing power of GPN. Heck, even every brand within the GPN portfolio doesn't have the same pricing power as, say, Optimum Nutrition. Additionally, almost all other supplement brands, they're not vertically integrated to the level of Glambia. So here's the point of why I'm bringing this all up. Watch how you follow the leader because it might not be an applicable pattern and it will definitely get you burned badly. I expect supply side costs, especially when we're talking about dairy proteins, to continue kind of lowering within 2023. That is unless a black swan event happens and maybe more. I'll talk about that in the future on my channel. So make sure you are subscribed to it. But prices right now outside of some strong brands that have the pricing power are pushed to the point where elasticities are going to cause consumers to either trade down, opt out of a category, or maybe utilize more of their consumer inventory, which will extend some of the repurchase cycles. That gets more important to consider if the recession is elongated or deepens from its current levels. It's definitely something to pay attention to. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 